Hey everyone, it's Naomi Sneakus and this is the Firecracker Department. Welcome back to another week of Firecracker Ladies on the Firecracker Department. How was your week? What did you do this week? What did you create this week? I bet you did something creative. I bet you did. You know, some people don't think that they're creative, which I think is crazy, because I think whether you're cooking, whether it's designing something, I have a lovely friend, Ali Casella, who just created a, a new Etsy site to sell some of her art, which I love. She's getting creative. Everybody can do it. Just tell me what you're doing this week that's creative. Um, what else is happening this week? I went flying this week. It was fantastic. In one of those simulated um, air tunnels, like you're falling out of a plane, but not at all like you're falling out of a plane because it's very safe. Matt and I did it as our little anniversary thing. I thought it was sort of an anniversary event to sort of celebrate, you know, how our love soars or how the sky's the limit with our love. And he thought maybe it's about how uh, marriage is like hurtling too fast towards your death. Anyway, we all have different perspectives of these things. Um, I really encourage you. I think it's called ifly.com. And uh, I think they're all over the world. And definitely, if you can go and fly, it's really fun. It's really, really fun. And so safe. <laughs> fun, safe things. My, my favorite. Um, what else? Oh, I'll tell you what my inspiration was this week. Now, one of my dearest friends, uh, Christy Rasso, is an amazing woman. She's an amazing woman regardless uh, because she's beautiful and smart and kind and generous, all the qualities that you want in a friend. And then she runs this charity part-time. Like, yeah, she's one of those overachievers, right? She has a charity called The Pearl Project. Now go check this out right now. Go check just while you're listening to this on your computer or whatever it is, pearlproject.org or on Instagram, Pearl Project. And um, it's in support of bringing awareness to lung cancer. It just brings awareness to a cause that doesn't necessarily get the right kind of awareness because lung cancer is the leading cancer killer in women. And most women don't even have it on their health radar. And it doesn't, you don't have to be a smoker. You don't have anything, have anything to do with smoking and you can still get lung cancer. My grandmother, who lived to be 105, had lung cancer. She never smoked a single cigarette in her life. So um, Christy has started this campaign and this uh, project on behalf of her mother who died of lung cancer. And I think it's such a beautiful tribute to uh, their relationship and to her mom. And I think it's such a healthy way of dealing with sadness and also to celebrate her mom. So it seems appropriate because uh, Mother's Day is here and uh, to celebrate moms and to celebrate Christy's mom. Uh, I want you guys to have a look at Pearl Project because I find it really inspiring that she's um, started this whole campaign. Uh, there's also a line of beautiful uh, pearl jewelry that um, she donates all the proceeds uh, to the Lung Association and the pieces were designed in memory of her mom and it's just a beautiful tribute. I'm really inspired by people that um, you know are able to turn grief into something so powerful as this campaign. We did the walk, the Pearl Project walk last year here in uh, Los Angeles and it was just a great event and Christy spoke beautifully. Uh, it was a really great, great, great event. 
Uh, so go check out pearlproject.org. Check out the jewelry. Great Mother's Day present. Great any day present. Pearlproject.org. And then check their Instagram um, page out too because all the pictures are there. Go check it out. We've got a sponsorship this week at Firecracker Department, and it's a documentary. It's a documentary that I recently watched when I was here in L.A., and you have to, have to see it. It's called Population Zero, and it's coming to theaters across Canada May 10th. Now, Population Zero is one of those great crime documentaries, which I love. I do. I love all these crime stories. I don't know what it is. Maybe I was a detective or a police officer. In my past life, I just love them. Things like The Jinx, Making a Murderer, or the podcast Serial. I love all those things. Now, this story, Population Zero, is about a loophole in the Constitution of the United States, which, get this, it allowed a man to literally get away with murder. It's incredible. I don't even want to tell you too much about this. I just want you to go see it. It's produced by Tyler Levine, who also produces this podcast. So you know the people behind it are extraordinary. So please give it a try. Tell me what you think. Population Zero, coming to theaters May 10th in Canada. This week has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a magical week. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I can't lie. It was, it was a great night Wednesday and it was so amazing that it was International Women's I Day. Know, I like, love <gasps> I know, I love that. I know. It was a perfect thing. Completely selfishly, um, you know, winning an award almost right off the top was great because I, we were all so nervous. Yeah. And it kind of was like, okay. Okay. Yeah, I can just sort of, and then so I didn't. You know, the rest of the night was just like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, we got some. That's okay. Everyone's <laughs> all looking over, going, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. 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 And so. everybody just celebrates this show too. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody's going. Well, they don't win. <laughs> like, I think it's a very celebrated show. It it, it yeah. means a lot to a lot of people. The reception has been amazing. Yeah. So, uh, which has been yeah lovely. But you know, we we felt like there was this big hole in the market in terms of wait just, let's say out loud a couple of things okay. the award was the canadian screen awards oh yeah because I, I feel like you're like inside it's scoop the canadian screen awards <laughs> yeah and yeah. the show is baroness von sketch on cbc von. yeah and i think you have to say canadian screen awards because every time i say csa's people give me a look like are you having accounting problems right or yeah, what yeah. Is, <laughs> what's going uh, on there uh, it but yes i am as well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I don't, it's coming up it's well, a big bad chore yeah what oh, did i pour i didn't even pour you anymore Opened the bottle and expected it to go naturally. It usually does. Also, I'm doing that so that you don't have to refill. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. the audience reception has been amazing, and um, uh, it's been great. Like we kind of just felt like uh, it was a double thing. Like I had noticed, like just in terms of writing jobs that I was getting, you know, the things for women would be really frustrating because mm. they weren't. You know, it's very narrow what mm-hmm. women get to do. And then just talking to my my girlfriends of a certain age. I mean, I remember uh, Jen Robertson, who is a fantastic mm-hmm. actress. She's on Schitt's Creek right now. And I remember her being like, oh, my God, everything I auditioned for, all I do is say, hi, guys, I made sandwiches. And I just thought it's inter- it was an interesting thing to be like at a time in my life when I actually have had some life experience and I feel like I've got some things mm-hmm. that I can say. But you're kind of shut out of popular culture mm-hmm. uh, so and we really felt like if we feel this we can't be the only ones who feel this so I think you know our fans are amazing and I think part of the reason that they've really embraced it is because there was a hole in the market that you know that that needed to be served yeah um, yeah um, yeah I remember somebody writing a script for Matt and I 
because usually we write our own like hosty stuff mm-hmm. and I, all my role was like oh Matt yeah. what's that Matt hey that's another idea Matt <laughs> like it was all stuff and no no jokes yeah so then we had to kind of rewrite it to share the jokes oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's a uh, it's uh, it's weird the, the battle never ends um we're gonna come back to Baroness because okay. I want to go back a little bit further because this is one of the joys of this <laughs> thank you noise of us going back right thank you I like that yeah and we like one working. of our most prominent female comedy Aww. writers in the country thank you right and so let's find out about that because I also feel like this podcast is like the ripple effect of inspiration oh, is going awesome. to be amazing yeah yeah and I you know it's funny I because we did this we did a panel um yeah for Sketchfest and um one of the things that we were talking about is just like, you know, more women and, and representation and people getting into the business. And I was saying, I remember um, when I first started impro- improvising, I, I went to a theater sports world summit in Los Angeles. I was 25. It was very exciting. And I remember getting there. And so there's like improvisers from around the world. And I walked in the room and there were three other women. And they were like, <gasps> there's yeah. four of us. And I was like, <laughs> of the world, there's four women doing this? Yeah. And now like... It's so different. There are so many women kicking ass and doing amazing work. And I think because they've had the chance to see other women, yeah. and I think it, it's the snowball effect. So just to your point of ripples, yeah. like I think it is important that you you know you see somebody that um, doing something. I we we uh, keep getting asked like who your inspirational women is sure. for you know, and I always say Catherine O'Hara because I do remember not. Not that I don't love Andrea Martin because I yeah. deeply oh, love no, Andrea Martin. They're like they're he's amazing in a pod for sure. But the the first uh, time I really remember seeing SCTV, I remember seeing Catherine O'Hara in Milk of Amnesia and being like, I love her. Right. Yeah, it was like yeah. an ad parody. Yeah. From, uh, what was it called? Milk of Magnesia, but she did Milk of Amnesia, and right. I just oh yeah 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 yeah. I wasn't you know I was probably ten at the time. Anyway, I thought it was hilarious, yeah. and I tried to like I Imitate I, I created this recreated the set, and I did it. I did it. So uh, yeah, so I uh, I keep shouting out Catherine O'Hara, and I'm gonna keep doing it until it gets so weird. But no, that she actually has to meet me or yeah. get a restraining order or or something. No, I think we don't do that enough. Yeah, I think we don't recognize our. Um, heroes enough. Mm-hmm. Like they just had a documentary about women in comedy on the History Channel. Oh yeah, just like two nights ago, and it was all like Sarah Silverman talking mm-hmm. about like a Carol Channing and Joan Rivers and saying like they, it's because of what they did is what I get to do now. Yeah, and it's because of what Catherine O'Hara and SCTV and Andrew Martin, Robin Duke, Jane yeah, Eastwood, because of, of those women, they let me know I can do it. Yeah, because we didn't have those role models to like I would look, I would watch SCTV and see Eugene Levy. And impersonate him too. Oh yeah, but, I did. But they're boys, right? So yeah. you wanted to play the girl parts too. So. Yeah, yeah. Although <laughs> I think it was kind of gender fluid at that age. I didn't really right. identify. I'm like, mm. right? You know, <clears throat> I yeah. kind of thought when I was, I could be Steve Martin. I kind of wanted to be a cross between Steve Martin and George Carlin when I was about okay eleven or. 12. I'd like to see that act. Yeah, yeah, well, that's interesting. Yeah, but now, did you? Um, oh, I have just so many questions to ask you because I've known you forever. Yeah, and we true. haven't had like the in-depth discussion like this no. where I find out so much about you. Did where did you grow up? Uh, well, I was born in Toronto, mm-hmm. um, and I lived here till I was six, and then we moved to London, Ontario. So I kind of grew up, grew up in London, Ontario. Those right. were like my. It was a great, like it's a great place to grow up because you could like ride your bike everywhere and yeah. you know that kind of stuff. So we lived there till we were till we were uh, collectively yeah. no, till I was twelve, no thirteen, and then we moved to Mississauga. Okay, and then I spent my teen years in Mississauga, and then was like. The suburbs suck. Right. They don't. Sorry, Mississauga. <laughs> but I was just, you know, I was no. a snotty teen. And then moved back to Toronto as soon as I was able. So, right. Oh, yeah. like by yourself? Like as soon as you're old enough kind of thing? Yeah. Or? Like, well, like once, you know, sort of, well, once I dropped out of university. Right. I, uh, yeah, I moved downtown. Did Toronto. you really drop out of university? Mm-hmm, I did. Were you at U of T? 
No, I was at York. Oh. I've since, That's so far away. It's so far away. <laughs> I've since found out that there's like a, the, the sooner you, if you've gone to York for theater, the sooner you drop out, the cooler you are. I oh. wish I'd known that. Yes. I spent a lot of time thinking. Because there's that a I lot of dropouts. You know, yeah. 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 I, was, I was just in school too long and I wanted to be in the world. And, right. just, and I was putting myself through school. So it's way different when you're footing the bill and you're like, you know what? I'm not really enjoying this. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you're also paying for something that you're not enjoying. Yeah. But yeah. it led to Second City, actually, pretty directly. Is that right? Yeah. Um, because I had, um, I went to a high school of the arts and uh, uh, for my 16th birthday, a couple of my classmates and my drama teacher took me to Second City um, to see the show there and uh, Mike Myers was in the cast. No way. Yeah. And I remember like seeing him and being like, that guy's a star. Like I, I, re I remember like mm -hmm. the force of his thing and he was doing Wayne. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that was pretty amazing. And anyway, I completely forgot about it until I dropped out of university, having thought I was going to be a serious actress. Right. In the Did you think you'd do like Shakespeare? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like talk about not knowing yourself or not seeing yourself very clearly. But Well, no, I mean, there must have been somebody that inspired you to have that that vision. I don't know. I don't think mm. there was. I think I just, I thought I would be an actor and I thought I would be a serious actor. Right. And I don't know that I was basing it on anything at all, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I dropped out of university and my parents uh, were not pleased with me, to say the least. Right. So I was looking for uh, ways to get out of the house and happened on something that you could go to Second City and you could take an improv class. And all of a sudden it came to me how much I love that show. Mm -hmm. So I took, started taking improv classes and with Within a year, maybe two, I was on the I was on in the touring company. No kidding. Yeah, it That's happened amazing. really, really fast. And Frank McNulty, actually, dear departed Frank, yeah. uh, he was the one who said to me, "You should audition." And I was like, "But I've just started." And he was like, "No, no, you're ready." And I, I I wouldn't have done it. I don't think if he hadn't said that to me. So that's so lovely. Yeah, and I love like recognizing those people that gave us a leg up and just been yeah. hey, don't don't be so doubtful. Mm -hmm. You know, go mm -hmm. for what you're you're mm -hmm. dreaming about. Yeah, wow. absolutely. That's amazing. So you, so you, were you living in town at that time? Yes, I was living in Toronto. So I, I kind of like, um, yeah, when I went to university, I was uh, living with my parents in Mississauga and then, uh, you know, got a job, got enough money together, got an apartment with some girlfriends. Mm -hmm. I moved with two, two, two women named Sue. Yeah. And uh, we lived, <laughs> we lived at uh, St. Clair and Vaughan. It's another TV show. Altogether. Oh my two God. Two Susan and Jen. I love two that Two Susan and Jen. So yeah. it was two Susan and Jen. And we, <laughs> and we lived in this, in this apartment. And uh, yeah, we were, it was like, the best budgeting I ever did in my life yeah. because you know you'd be like ooh red peppers are two ninety nine a pound I, I can't afford them yeah I gotta go for a green pepper, green pepper. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I still have that mentality though don't you like and I don't even like green peppers maybe yeah. because I always bought them instead of the red oh no and now I'm like now I'm like I can afford the red pepper yeah. even when I'm broke I'm still like no yeah <laughs> I'm worth it. I deserve I a, red, a red, pepper. red pepper. And did you know that a green pepper is not a thing? The red pepper is the actual, how it grows off the plant. Like a green pepper is, they made that. That's a hybrid. No, I did not know so, that. And it's like, why would you make a bitter, yucky hybrid yeah. of a thing that's delicious? But yeah. I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm a... with you. So you, uh, so, and now throughout high school and mm -hmm. before York, did you go, oh, I want to, this is what I want to be doing? Like when did it tip into, uh, I have to do this? I always wanted to do it, and I always had a huge struggle with uh, with it because you hear so much you can't do this. And I remember, yeah. I remember kids in my in my class because I would take I took some theater classes when I was in grade school, and I remember and was interested in it then. And I remember this one kid, Matt Latella. If you're listening, <laughs> I remember. Uh, he was like, you know. You're never gonna. You can't make a living at that. You're never gonna do anything with it. Like, why would you bother? And uh, I just had this 
thing. Like I fully thought like, why should I be able to make a living at it? Like nobody in my family's in the business. Yeah. There's no precedent for this. I don't know how to do this. I don't have like, I read, I used to read biographies of stars and I'm like, I didn't have a super shit childhood. I'm not an army brat, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I don't have any of the markers, yeah. you, you know, yeah. um, that are sort of hallmarks. You needed of, to suffer more. I, yeah, I felt yeah. like, you know, I have a comfortable life in London, Ontario. Yeah. And What did your folks do? Uh, my dad uh, worked for the government of Ontario. He was like a, a high-level uh, right manager, like yeah. for the Ministry of Community and Social sure. Services. And my mom, she stayed at home until I was 19, and then she went back to work, and she eventually um, became a benefits administrator for the United Church. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah, like you're not suffering. There's not a lot of like no. angst in your house. No, and my parents were great yeah. and they, you know, they really tried to, um, yeah, they were really focused on being great parents. Yeah. And so, yeah, I had really kind of idyllic. Yeah, like, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no angst. Um, yeah, so I didn't, I always sort of had a bit of um, imposter syndrome of like, well, why me? But I used to, um, I, my dad bought my mom for her birthday when I was around, I must have been about 10 um, a stack of comedy records. So um, it was Steve Martin and George Carlin. Um, and, and you forget the rest. No, no, <laughs> you know, no, it's because it was Bill Cosby, which oh, we can no longer speak of. Yeah. And uh, the one we, we shall not name. We shall not yeah. name. Um, but I used to listen to them over and over again. And uh, I would stand next to them and I would do all the stand up routines yeah. word for word. Any women in that pile? No, no I was not aware of women doing no. comedy at that point in they, my life. They were, they stopped, they started being funny in the early 1990s. No, yeah. No, but I mean, it, but it was like yeah. a, 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 yeah, it just wasn't a, I don't it was unheard of. Yeah. It was unheard of. Yeah. Um, so I would do them. And then funnily enough, uh, my younger brother, uh, who's also in the business, Kevin Whalen, he, I was 10, he was two. And so I would do them. And then there would be this little echo of this kid who would do them <laughs> next to me. So it's really funny That's that we adorable. both ended up in comedy. Yeah. I kind of want you to do a lip-syncing video of you guys replaying that. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, some I probably still could do, yeah. word for word. Yeah. So, um, okay, so that's what your parents brought to the, your mm -hmm. comedy table. And um, were you in high school? Were you doing plays? Were you... Uh, so we lived in London, Ontario, and we moved when I was at the end of grade seven. So I did grade eight in a new school in Mississauga, and then I went to high school, um, and I did two years uh, at this really bizarre Catholic school, high school. I didn't realize how weird it was until uh, later on because what had happened was it was um, it was a junior public school. So it was built for like to hold, I think, 750 students. When I went there, there were 2,000 kids. So there was, it was overcrowding like you couldn't believe, like you couldn't open your locker sometimes. And right. I just sort of thought that was what high school right, was like. Right, right, right. <laughs> anyway, it was a crazy, crazy thing. And so, and then... Uh, I had found out that they were opening an art school in Mississauga, and I thought, I, you know, if we lived in London, I never would have had this chance, so I'm going to try. And so I auditioned, and I got in, so I went to that school. What for, you, how did you audition? What was the thing? You know, I don't remember. I may have even written my own... I don't remember what my audition was. I do clearly remember the girl who went before me was wearing a, a rabbit fur coat and she had this bag full of bald baby dolls. And I was like, what is what? she going to do? <laughs> I can't compete with that. Oh that looks God. really interesting. If you're listening, please let us know what yeah, your show what that was. was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I ended up getting into to, um, high school for the performing arts and still had imposter syndrome. Um, so yeah. yeah, so I did that. And I think that's probably why I dropped out of theater school because I'd already... I didn't realize that I'd already done like mm -hmm. a lot of the the basic stuff. I should have I probably should have found a great teacher and done some more scene study stuff, which is yeah. probably where I was 
that. Yeah, I think sometimes we just think we're supposed to do university because that's like the yeah. thing you do yeah. as opposed to, is this what I need? Yeah, and it, and totally, like, certainly that that was the path for everybody yeah. went some to high school Some people it with. Works, with, works for great, but some people should just study, as you said, yeah. like privately or... Or not at all. Like, yeah. you know. It's been a long process of realizing that I marched my own drummer and I just need to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then you discovered um, Second City and you got mm -hmm. into the touring company. And then did you ever look back? Like, did you ever go, oh, I wonder? No. Like, I did you ever did. wonder about, like, Shakespeare again? Did you ever wonder about... Well, I didn't because... Oh, I'm going to sound like such a dick. Okay. I didn't... You're, you're in control of your own destiny here, okay. so feel free to... Okay. <laughs> so when I was at York, uh, so the first uh, year, you can't specialize. You okay. just... You do all your theater things, and they, you have to... You have a taste of everything. You do a little bit of set des uh, construction, mm -hmm. and you do a little bit of costume design, and you do a little bit of everything. And then the second year... Uh, you could specialize. And so you could go into acting, directing, a whole bunch of other things. And uh, this is so jerky. I went, uh, I was going to audition, and then I saw the group of people who were going into the acting stream, and I was like, I don't think I can do it. Right. The, like, like, not that they're bad people, they're lovely people, but just, uh, I think, you know, as, as comedians, like, there's a difference between a comedian and a serious actor. And, um... I, I was like, I, I have to joke around or there's no, I'll die. Yeah. You just didn't connect. I just didn't connect. Yeah. I just didn't connect. That's not a personal thing. Uh, and uh, and so I went into directing because it seemed like when I saw the people who were going into directing, I'm like, oh, those might be more my people. Okay. But I feel like like through all this, I was searching for my cheers. Yeah. And I really found it in Second City. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That could be the title of your book, Searching for Your Cheers. Yeah. 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 So then when you started Second City, like, who was, who was in your cast at that time? Uh, the cast at the time was uh, uh, Jen Irwin. Fantastic. The fantastically talented so Jen Irwin. Funny. Yeah. My dear, dear friend. She's amazing. On um, Michael's Every Day. Yeah, yeah. Michael Every Day. Um, oh, and Eastbound and Down. I call it Michael's Every Day because I hope that they'll do a craft segment. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Michael Every Day. They'll be You're really me. depressed crafts. <laughs> With God's eye, but no eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's all black. That's so right. No, that's right. Um, yeah, so it was Jen Irwin, and it was, uh, when I first started, I think it was, yeah, Jen Irwin, Tamara Bick, mm -hmm. Bob Martin, Jack Mosshammer, and Arnold Pinnock. Wow. Yeah. Killer. Yeah, it was killer. Killer cast. Um, and so you toured with those guys? Yes, I toured with those guys. And how long did you tour for? I toured for, I think, almost two years. Wow. Yeah, I That's toured a long, a long time. time. Mm -hmm. It was when it, it was, uh, main stage was different. People didn't leave as much as they do now. Yeah, like they have people, a system now. Yeah, and they, so people would stay longer and do more shows and they didn't, um, they didn't flip shows over as much as they yeah, used to. Yeah, I remember seeing a show, no, I couldn't afford to see shows. I just went to the free improv. Mm. But it was, um, Maybe it was Last Tango on Lombard, mm -hmm. and it, they said that you've done like over two hundred shows or something crazy. Like they've been oh, doing yeah. that show for so long. That show was yeah. They did that show for a crazy long time because um, they were moving from that sh was a show that they're going to open the new theater in, and and the construction kept getting delayed. Right. So I think they were in rehearsal for six months or something insane like Nuts. that. Yeah. And so when was the moment that you started on main stage? Like was that a big? Oh, that was big, a deal? big crazy deal because yeah. what happened was Melody Johnston, who was in the cast, she uh, got Stratford. Oh. And she left with like 
three weeks before opening or something like that. What? So it was just kind of a, oh, because usually, um, for people who don't know the Second City thing, you mm -hmm. kind of know who's going to leave and you have an idea of where yeah. you, you normally... And you're understudying them, yeah, so yeah. you're already knowing their parts. Yes, and, yeah. and I was not understudying her. Uh, physically, we are very different. Yes. I am very tall. She is like uh, a teeny tiny red head, like wiry, crazy energy. Yeah. Physically, we're different. Energetically, we're different. Comedically, we're very different. So I took over her parts, which was interesting and a challenge. And it was, it was that was a really challenging show to do because the cast were so tired. They'd been rehearsing for six months and they were just over it. They just wanted to open the show. So yeah. the last thing they wanted was to try and like, yeah, let's workshop some premises. Right. They're just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Who was that cast that you went into then? That was, again, it was Jen Irwin, Bob Martin, Jack Mosshammer, uh, Angela Shelton, uh, Jerry Minor, and Mark Hickox. Nice. So a yeah. lot of your touring company. A lot of my touring company. So it wasn't yeah. completely like no, no, I knew new like, strangers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, um, so then you did that. And now how long were you at Second City before you left? I was there, I think... Three years, three and a half? Yeah. Yeah. And did you ever feel during your time at Second City that, that it wasn't the right path? Or did you know? Well, uh, yes. When I left, I, I, I got fired. Um, and uh, the first feeling I had was relief. Oh. Why is that? Um, because Wait, I, how did you get fired? What was the... Oh, boy. What was the, do you want to tell that story? Well, I can tell the story. It's a bit weird, but I can tell the story. Um, because you're not the first or the last person. No, no, right? no. Like and it's, there's no shame. Like, you're, there, you, there's two ways to go. Yeah. You're either going to quit or you're going to get fired. There's no other... Right. You're not going to, like, be 80 and doing Second City. No, still. no. <laughs> so what happened was um, they just opened the new theater, so we did... What Fresh Mel, mm -hmm. um, which was uh, an okay show, but not, I think everyone would say it was not the best show ever. The, the theater itself had big problems. It, yeah, it was, this is the new space. Yeah, they, yep. they, uh, after our show up and they put in, um, they, they put the stage, thrust it into the audience because it was too far away. It had, there were major sound problems, so yeah. you'd say they're things. They're constantly trying to um, fix those problems every year. Every year. So this was, this is ongoing. So there was a lot of just technical problems that hurt the show. And then it was really different because like the fire hall was such a small, um, amazing, hot space, right? Yeah. It, like energetically, it felt great. Yeah. And, and um, you had strangers sitting next to each yeah. other. Like you had to meet whoever you're sitting yeah. with and you're laughing. Like it's inevitable that you're going to laugh because the person next to you is chuckling, so you're going to chuckle too. Yeah, Of course, and it only hold, held uh, 110 people, whereas this, I think, is 400 or something yeah. crazy like that. And it also was, you were so close that you could actually, it was great for timing because you could hear the way the laugh roll back, hit the back wall, come back, and you actually could feel it kind of hit you in your stomach. So it was really easy to time the jokes. So it was weird because, you know, we were still doing Last Tango while we're getting the new show ready. And so it was a show that I had understudied in various parts for a long time and knew it very well and knew it inside and out where all the jokes were. And so it'd be weird to say a joke that you just know kills and be like, what? I hear nothing. I can't tell. Is there anyone out there? Yeah. And then I, I would just be like, well, I'll count to three and then I'll just say the next thing. <laughs> well, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, if you're having that process, yeah. then you might want to just move on. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so they were, they'd spent a ton of money on it. And the idea had been that um, Toronto was supposed to get casinos downtown. Right. right so right, the right. theater originally was supposed to be built around a casino and would be the entertainment. But then casino license did, didn't happen. So there was a whole bunch of things that yeah. were, were going on. So then the next show, they decided, well, you know, we're going to do a best of and try and get people in. And for me, creatively I was just like I just came out of two years of doing best stuff I just want to write my own material so that was um 
that was hard for me. And I, you know, admittedly, I, I, th I don't think I attacked that as much as I should have. I think, you know, in retrospect, yeah, sure. I should have worked harder in that show than I did, but I was only like, Meh. right. Um, yeah. so anyway, and then what happened was, uh, everybody was burned out. So Jen, Bob, uh, I think Jerry moved on. He went to LA, Angela left or they had, yeah, they had left before. Anyway, basically what happened was half, three quarters of the cast, no, half the cast quit. And then um, Jack and I got fired, and the only one they la left was Doug Morenci. So it was kind of scorched earth, yeah. uh, which was fine. Like it, it was they did that uh, a couple of times, and yeah. they probably will again. Like yeah. And again, it was one of those things. You know, at the time it feels like the end of the world, but it ended up in retrospect, it was great because I was like, okay, you know what? What am I going to do now? I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't enjoying performing every night. I do enjoy coming up with material. I'm going to write, and so I went into oh. writing, and that, and I, I don't know that I would have done that if I had. Had you been writing at all before that? I knew I wanted to. Oh. I knew I always knew it was something I wanted to do, but I hadn't really. And where because that it's from? hard. <laughs> writing is hard. It's hard. It's lonely. It's hard and lonely. Yeah. 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 But you always had the instinct that you'd like to do it. Did that mm -hmm. come from like like a relative or a mentor of such? Well, um, my my parents are both big readers, and um, my mom um, and I think my dad too. They both have degrees in English, and so uh, reading was always a part of our family. And um, yeah, we always trade books around and like right. you read something good. So I, I always liked reading and storytelling and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, and I, I won a creative writing um, thing in our local paper when I was in grade three. Oh, so, here we know, go with like, the bragging. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I was like, I think I can make this a career. <laughs> we'll include a photo of the certificate that you won for sure. Yeah, although I should have known then that I actually was a writer because I remember uh, the teacher couldn't read my handwriting and changed a word, and I was livid. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to 30 years later when you're like, what? What? Still on set? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So then you started writing right away? Yeah, so I tried to, uh, I didn't, had no idea how to go about it, so I started writing um, spec scripts for animation. Wow. Yeah, there was a, a show then called Freaky Stories, and I was like, oh, this is kind of funny, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to try and write some freaky stories. I didn't stories. even know what a spec script was until, like, well, that's I, amazing. The great thing about the internet was I was able to educate myself. Right. Like, I was like, okay, what's a spec script? Yeah. What do I need to do? I did all that. Like, I read all of those, you know, I read story, I read all right. of the yeah. things that you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, uh... Uh, yeah, and then um, I had uh, I was at Second City um, for a party, and uh, my leaving of Second City uh, overlapped with Gavin Crawford coming right. in. Yeah, and so I had actually with Jen Irwin, her uh, boyfriend, the late great Paul Sullivan. Yes. Uh, he was going to direct the tour co, and he wanted to find some new talent. So we went to Spirits Open Mike Night. And uh, it just so happened that Gavin was performing that night, and we were just blown away right. by him because he's phenomenally yeah, talented. Yeah. And crazy. we were like, if "You gotta hire this guy! Mm -hmm. You gotta hire this guy!" And um, so he came to Second City, and uh, he'd never improvised before. And they did I that. Didn't know that. Oh yeah, they did that evil Second City thing where they're like, "Okay, so you're gonna fill in and do the show, and then you just go into the improv set." And so he was, uh, and I was like, "Okay, I will help you." It's terrible. No, we'll just, we'll just, we'll keep. So we yeah. did that and we were chatting afterwards and um, we were just talking about television and uh, this is uh, before Will and Grace and we we're just talking about what 
shows we liked. And I said, you know, I always had this idea. It would be good to do a TV show about the friendship between a straight woman and a gay man. Because it's like one relationship I've never seen. And it's so, like, it's everywhere, right? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I had the same idea. But I thought the gay man would be the lead. And the, you know, yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, we went out to brunch and we chatted about it. And we were just, it was a great brunch. And we were really on the same page. And then he got super busy. Right. And I was like, oh. And so I had a crap waitressing job and toiled in the mines and and uh questioned all my life choices uh but then um andrew alexander had some time that he'd gotten from the comedy network and gave gavin some time to do a special he was going to do like i think it was two hours so he gave him four half hours and so he called me at like six o'clock on a friday night and he was like i don't have enough material would you submit some sketches i was like sure he's like here's the thing i need them by midnight i'm like okay so I wrote some sketches for him, and they all went into the show. And then um, it ended up getting picked up, and he was like, would you like to come and write on the show? And I was like, yes. And so that's how I became oh a television gosh. writer. So weird. And I feel like, because people ask me, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you did. You kind of came in a different entrance. And most people do. It's one of those things that it's like, there's no... There's no, it's not like being an actor. Like it's not like okay, you need to audition yeah. and get. But you've been writing specs. Like your like yeah. your muscles, your writing muscles were working. Oh yeah, and it's Second City. Like, like never... let's talk about yeah. that. That's a huge. You know, improvising is writing and improvising. So I, you know, in terms of that, yes, I had yeah. been working it. Yeah, but... you were. You had writing skills. It's not like you had never done anything like that. No sketch, I mean, right? Yeah, for, for sure. sketch for sure. I've done a lot of sketch. Because, but you've been focusing on TV. Do you, like, do you mm-hmm. feel now with Baroness? Do you feel like the muscles? Like, how is that different for you? Focusing on writing a sketch versus focusing on writing like a feature or a TV show? Because I know you've uh, written it, for a lot of TV shows too. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a it's all the same thing. It's just it's like how long do you have to tell your story? Yeah, right. Yeah. So in sketch, it's it's difficult um, because you've got to get out your you know your who, what, and where. Um, your relationships, uh, your your premise and jokes. Yeah, and you know our sketches are pretty short, so you've got to do it in like maybe a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, uh, so versus like a half hour, you have a little more time to explore, and you have like you can set up things a longer mm-hmm. thing, uh, a feature. Yeah, you have even longer to tell the story. Um, but it's all it's all the same muscle. I think it's all part of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And along the way, did you have like? So Frank was one of your cheerleaders. Did you yes. have anybody else that were like mentors or people that you admired and uh, followed their their path a bit? Hmm, that's interesting. Well, I mean, Colin was the first director. He and Sandy Belkowski were oh, responsible right. for hiring me. Yeah. And they were both really great to me and really helpful to me. <laughs> Poor Sandy. I called her a couple times during my second city career being like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Del Close, the legendary Del Close, came and did a workshop with oh, us. Oh, no And kidding. he tore a strip off me really? in front of everyone. Yes. How did you move on from that? <laughs> that would have, like, devastated me. Oh, my God. I was devastated. Yeah. I was devastated. What was his issue? Well, okay, his issue was... And I, I guess I still need to work on this because I still feel resistance. Um, his issue was... You're so self-aware, hey? yeah, Like, yeah. you've been working with ladies and when you dissect everything yes. all the time, I love it. Okay, so yeah, so Del Close tore a strip off me in this uh, workshop in front of everyone. And for, like, people who don't know, he's, like, the guru of yeah. Second City. He's there's the, a book called Guru. Yeah, yeah, like, he he is the man. And so he was near the end of his life, and he had this, like, cough that, like, rattled up from his toes... Right, that just—it sounded like everything internally was shaking loose. Because he wasn't well, right? He wasn't well, and he kept caging cigarettes. And you're like, "Ooh, I don't think yeah. you should be." And he was a hard living guy. Yeah, like, he and lived you could, hard. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so what had happened was, um, uh, improviser before me, who I will not name, um, had because uh, he was terrifying, had had uh, 
been in a scene and then had started out the exact the, the the next scene with the exact same offer that had the previous scene had started with. Right. So I tried to say yes and and take it in a different direction and he felt that that was blocking it. Right. Maybe it was. Uh, and but but then what that led to was mm, 25 minutes no. of a harangue of just standing on the stage no. and just knowing you have to take it and just be like I, there's nothing I can do. I'm just going to have to try and be open to this. Oh, I feel and that. just, it was awful. Oh my God, I was, yes, I was devastated. I yeah. called Sandy Bokowski. I'm like, is my life over? Yeah. And, uh, you know, is my career over? And she's like, no, no, no. Has she, that happened to you, to you since, that kind of... Yeah, every once in a while, yeah. you have just one of those things where you're like, oh God. Right. But nobody's ever spoken to you like that. Uh, no, no, that was, well, I don't think so. I mean, that's the one that resonates yeah. with me. So yeah, if, yeah. if they have, I've forgotten it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought, I thought that was the end of the world Devastating. at the time. It was, yeah. But then, like, how did you, like, but your passion for what you're doing must have superseded that so entirely. Yes, and but it was also clear to me that he was trying to, and I mean, Sandy was really great. She really, you know, talked me through it. She was just like, you know, he's he's playing for his legacy, and he's trying to make a point about how he sees improv, and, you know, he's a dying man who's trying to get his vision into the world. I'm like, yeah. okay. Okay, you know, and it, she was just like, it, I don't know that that was necessarily about you. He was looking for an opportunity. Yeah to say his piece. So I was like, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. And, you know, like, it's a hard business. Shit happens like that. So I think you sort of develop a thick skin. And he yeah. wasn't saying you personally are shitty. He was just saying this is, these are the rules and this is how you should do it. Yeah. So, uh, and you have made this mistake. Right. Stand yeah. there and wear your shame. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, and writing it does, is... It, makes uh, you, it gives you a thicker skin. Like It does. If somebody had gone along going, oh my gosh, Jen, you were so great and coddled you... It wouldn't be At some time, it would have I would snapped. be like one of those millennials. Right? I'm so fan. No, sorry, millennials. You're great. <laughs> sorry, millennials. All um, you millennials. Um, because then you went on after Second City and you wrote on like Little Moss. Did you develop Little Moss as well? Mm -hmm. It was called Pray For Me. Yeah, and they uh, they paired me with uh, Zarka Nawaz, who uh, was the creator of it. And uh, yeah, we worked together on the pilot. Um, and it was funny because it was, it, was it was difficult because at that point, you know, it was early in development. In fact, uh, CBC was really excited about the idea and wanted to move it along fast. So, um, and television moves very slowly. Uh, so we were, you know, trying to create. And at the time, I felt like the producers weren't entirely agreed on what the tone should be, which was difficult. Right. Um, but we, uh, Zarka's amazing. And her knowledge, it was an amazing insight into Islam, which I, at that point, did not know very much about. Yeah. Um, and so learning about that was fantastic. I read the Quran. I did all that kind of stuff. And it, it was just a... It was a huge insight. And just, um, you know, her stories were quite amazing. Like, she was like, you know, I had no problem with my neighbors until 9-11 happened. And then, you know, my no. uncle got a moving van and they called the RCMP because they saw a cube van. And so it was just like, it was the thing about like, oh, we think we're so nice as Canadians, but yeah. you, like, hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to deal with some of those themes, as did she. And um, so, yeah, so we wrote a pilot and uh, the original story was different. It was very complex um, because she was telling me about like Islam is quite amazing in in some of the things that um, uh, that it deals with. Like there are rulings I think that go back to the 12th century about people who are um, uh, two gendered, right? And they're incredibly empathetic, right? They're, it's not what you think it's going to be. So we had this story that revolved around a woman in the mosque 
dies, and in Islam you have to uh, you have to do the funeral proceedings. You have to bury them within 24 hours, and so they, when they go to prepare the body, they realize that she's um, that she's transgender. She's has right. a penis, and what are they going to do? Because only women can prepare the um, women, and only men can prepare men, and and so <clears throat> it was really it uh, it was really it was fun working out with her because it was a complex thing about like. What, how the community feels about this, how they're going to deal with this. Uh, so it was interesting. It was a really yeah. fascinating project to work Did on. That and, and obviously, get made? No, 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 no. They decided it needed more development. And it went in a, went in a bit of a different direction. But that's part of development. Yeah. That's just what happens. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it was, it was fascinating. And it, it was really great to work with her. And uh, it was a great experience to have. And also, was that unusual to have two women writing, like, together as a team? Like, it feels like sometimes, yeah. like, more often than not, it's like, the man and the woman, like, join yeah. forces. Until Baroness. Until Baroness. Yeah. I guess so. You know, it's a funny. I never thought of it, actually. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I never, I never really thought about it at the time. Like, I don't... Uh, un until recently, I don't often realize that I am... Like, <laughs> like that I'm a woman in a mm. male-dominated community. Yeah. Because I, I surround myself with, as I'm sure you do, we surround yeah. ourselves with men that are good people. Yeah. That are feminists themselves. So, yeah. Have you like when have you realized that you're a woman in a male dominated? When people industry? point it out to me, I think I'm I'm yeah. with you. Like I, I and it was funny. I was, was uh, we got did a podcast with um, uh, Vish. Um, I don't know if you know Vish. What's Vish's mm. last name? I've just had a middle aged brain fart. Oh, everyone, apologies. To it. But anyway, he was saying like, <clears throat> you know, as somebody who is not white, he forgets until it's pointed out to him. Right, right. And I, I feel like it's the same thing. Like, I just think of myself as a creative person. Like, I just think of myself as a comedian, like a, a funny person, yep. um, a creative person on my good days, a fraud yeah. on my bad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, so I don't really think about it until it's pointed out to me. Yeah. And then, you know, and it's like, yeah. Well, going into the the Ron James room, right? Because mm -hmm. you were on that, yeah. in that room too. And that's that was all men, wasn't it? That was all men. But... They were so lovely. Yeah. They were lovely. And uh, I met my husband in that writing room. Yeah, so, you, you did, know, I did, right? So, yeah. um, I, you know, much later we got together. It wasn't, I did, but that was when I first met him. Uh, but, yeah, he was just, I, I remember it just, he, uh, I think he swore once in the writing room and he apologized to me. Right. And I was like, oh, you have no idea where I've been. <laughs> you have no idea. Right. You, right. Yeah, because yeah. how many seasons did you do at this hour? Uh, five seasons. Right. Five seasons. And that was like, that was a raunchy room. So yeah. I was like, oh, we're not talking, you know, I'm used to like 15 jokes about anal rape before right. 10 in From the morning. From this hour? Oh, yeah. Really? Not that would they would get into the show, just that they would no, do that just, just to well, break you know the, the ice? Or? Yeah, okay, so uh, for people who don't know, like, the culture of comedians is you, they, you make jokes and they get pretty dark. Right. And there are things that you actually would never, ever... Right. Because you just, your threshold to make somebody laugh, like, because comedians generally, they get to a point they don't laugh, they just sort of nod and go, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So to actually get a laugh from a comedian, so it gets, has to get bigger and bigger. So things that get joked about in the room can be horrifying. Right. Like, yeah, lawsuits. A normal person would be like, are you crazy? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. Now, well, you were head writer on this yes. hour. And was that the first um, lady head writer that they had? I believe so. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember when you, I remember talking to you and you're like, I'm about to go away because it's a yeah. long contract. Yeah. And, um, and you were surprisingly calm about it. I remember going like, maybe you were doing a great acting job, but I remember thinking this was huge for you. Yeah. And for like our gender that you were doing this like oh, it was a really so cool nice. moment thank you yeah, yeah. no I, 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 I I've been told that before I think I I, I present calm yeah. and I, I'm inside I'm internally I'm, I'm burning a hole in my stomach um, that's right yeah that bottle of Pepto-Bismol that you yes. carry around with you yes I, I think it. I was like working out 
a phenomenal amount at that time because I was like, I must take this anxiety and put it somewhere. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. So this hour, that was a fully male-dominated room? Uh, when I first started, it was, yeah. yeah. I was the only woman in the room, and uh, it was a lot of stand-ups, which is a very different culture mm -hmm. than um, sketch. It's a, a, you know, sketch, you obviously always have to work with other people, whereas uh, stand-up can be more the lone gunman approach. Yeah. Um, so that was that was difficult, and I didn't know how to write a joke. You know, I'll be perfectly honest about that. I knew how to write right. a sketch from a character point of view. Right. Like, I could figure out, okay, so this character is, you know, a teenage boy. Okay, what would I... Okay, and then I can, like, imagine myself as a teenage boy and work myself in that way. And, and the jokes come... From the situation. From the situation. The, like, yeah. yeah, you know, when you're in a character, it's like, you're not actually thinking no, about the jokes. I'm 100% with you. The, yeah. the jokes come from the character. So I knew how to do that, and I could write sketches. That was fine. But uh, you also had to write copy jokes, which is a setup punchline thing, and that I found really hard. Yeah. I had That was a real learning process for me of how to take that, because it's, uh, it's a bit like... I don't know. It's a bit like doing a crossword. Like it's like you have to slot in. It has a, it has a format. It has a, it has different rules. Yeah. I, and 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 um, uh, Mark Farrell, who was um, the showrunner at the time, who was wonderful and really, you know, I mean, he gets huge kudo, kudos, kudos, and kudos, and kudos, <laughs> um, because you know he gave me that job. He right. promoted me to head writer and was, um, you know, and uh, he did. He, you know. He was a cheerleader, me. yeah, for he sure. He was a cheerleader, um, and uh, and he also expected really good work. So it was. It was a great learning curve, um, and uh, so how did you battle that? That kind of like not only the lack of ability because you weren't prepared for it or yeah. you weren't trained to do it yet, yeah, uh, but also like the male-dominated room. How did you battle that? Well, I, my secret weapon is I have three younger brothers, right? So I'm used to being in a male-dominated world, and weirdly, every job I'd had up to this, I usually was the only woman, so I was pretty comfortable, right? With that, yeah. um, and I think having brothers, like I don't have, there was no male mystique to me. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was used to being with a bunch of guys and being like, shut up, I have something to say. So I could get my big sister on and, and, and do that. But I also, I'm also competitive and I wanted to win. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I, I'm, this is a game. I'm going to figure out the rules and I'm going to win. Right. Um, and so uh, that's, that's what I endeavored to do. And, but too, I felt like, um, because before I went there, it, uh, to be perfectly honest, it did have a bad reputation. 22 Minutes w was referred to amongst women as Alaska because it was like, no women go there. Right. And the women who went there were like, oh, my God, it's horrible. Um, uh, just because, I mean, it's it's difficult. You're away from your family, your friends, your support group. So yeah. if you have a bad day, you don't have anyone to share that with. Right. Uh, the only social life you have is with the other writers. Yeah, it's winter in Halifax. It's winter in Halifax. The weather is not good. So it. There's some challenges in that respect, uh, but yeah, no, I was competitive and I wanted to win, and I was like, no, I, you will not, you will not kick me out of this game. I'm, I'm going to win, and I, and I felt like it was really hard the first year, and then at the end of the first year, I had the respect, and I was like, well, now I have to do a second year because if I don't, I've thrown away all that work mm -hmm. that I did, um, and uh, so then I did a second year, and then that was all right, and I was like, oh, that was kind of fun, and then I did a third year, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. and then I was like, well, I think I'm done, and then they made me head writer, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I have to come back for yeah. that. So I did a year of that, and then I was like well, I did one year. If I only do one, then yeah. does it look like I couldn't do it? So maybe I have to do two. So I did two, and then I was like, oh, I've made a mistake. I I need to be in Toronto. I just... I, I just I've realized... I've been a five-year mistake. <laughs> no, it wasn't a five-year mistake. It was an amazing... Uh, I'm a better writer for doing it, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Uh, it wasn't a mistake. It was just a mistake in terms of at three years, I was like feeling like, oh, it's time to move on, and I stayed two more. Right. Um, no, it was just more like, oh... 
I I need to have a fuller life. Like yeah. I, my life was six months of intense work, six months of recovery. So it was like, and I didn't live anywhere. I was like, yeah. I don't really live in Halifax, and I don't really live in Toronto. Because by the time I came back to Toronto and got my social life going and everything going, I'd have to leave again. So yeah. it was and Toronto to... missed you. Like I remember seeing oh, you. Oh, well, thank like, you. No, I, I remember Toronto. like <laughs> hanging out with you and having a coffee and being like, yeah. well, bye for six months. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it would it would be that, and uh, yeah, and I just felt like I wanted to be creative across the board and for me part of that is uh, you know I like to cook I like to garden I like to have a nice home yeah. and so to friends everything friends yeah, yeah. And, and all of that so I just felt like okay this is great creatively in one way but it's it's one way and I and I knew the job inside out and so I got to the point where I was like well I know what my day will be like and creatively I felt like I think I need to challenge myself yeah yeah and so I took the scary leap Right. But then now you, so I just want to, you hung out in Toronto for a bit mm -hmm. and then Baroness, like what was the space between that? Because I know oh, you did boy. a bunch of projects between. Yeah. And well, you're developing, you've been in development yeah. of a bunch of stuff, but then Baroness yeah. is the one that took the flight. That took flight. Yeah. So I came back and I thought, okay, well, you know, I've got some savings. This is good. I'm going to, you know, I want to create my own show now and I want to do my own things. And da, 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 da. and so I, I did work a little bit. But I, it was a big slap in the face because I, before that, had 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 the luxury of, like, I just always worked. Right. And I turned down things and you stuff. You did. And you I worked was, from, like, beginning to end. You didn't really, like... Yeah, from, from Gavin, Gavin Crawford. Crawford. I just yeah. never... I just And I, uh, admittedly, I, I was dumb and I just thought that's how it's going to go, right. right? Well... So then it was, like, deep unemployment. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And again, the imposter feelings coming back. Right. They yeah. know now. They know they're on I don't think me. you're alone at that. I no, think I don't that's think a so common either. thing that I people... Think so. You know, and from, like, way back, all actors go, what, this is the time they find out I can't do what I've been tending to do. I had a friend who worked with Dustin Hoffman, and she said that he was like that. I was like, well, if Dustin Hoffman right. thinks he's an imposter, You're then, okay, like this is... Dustin just, Hoffman. Yeah, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I compare myself to him every day. Um, yeah, so, I, uh, yeah, I was in development uh, for a long time, which is... Uh, yeah, it was just, it was hard. Yeah. There was some, the, the long, dark tea time of the soul and some struggles. And um, by the time that Baroness came around, it's funny because Carolyn and I have this history of like being down to our last time. So she was down to her last yeah. time and so was I. This is Carolyn Taylor. Carolyn who Taylor. Who's Baroness. A, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so when it came around, and, and it was a reaction to both of us had been in development for a long time and had not gone anywhere. So we were like, let's do this thing. Like, let's, we, I remember talking about, the idea of like setting this up so it's a quick yes or a quick no because it was like in development in Canada like I four years of my life mm -hmm. um, and the really frustrating part about that is like the development executives they're getting a, a salary and they give you money it would be good money for a year but yeah. for four years like that's just you can't live on that no um, so that was very difficult yeah and I also realized that I had the, that there's a thing where I had gotten to an age where you know uh, you get hired to be the woman in the room because usually there are it's one maybe two sometimes um and uh when I was younger that's great like you can be opinionated and you did because they the older guys are like I'm not threatened by you but when you get a little older and you start saying then you become or at least this is my this is my impression of it maybe I'm entirely wrong but that you become a threat and then it's like well I don't really want to be told by someone who's my same age group that this is maybe not the way to go right um so I yeah I think there was some of that too, maybe. So when you said a quick yes, quick no, that meant because you guys did a um, was it like a demo? Yeah, we did right? a demo. Yeah. Well, because comedy is so subjective, right? And it's so hard. And and I felt like that was a lot of the stuff that um, slowed up our development was just 
we thought we were doing one tone, the network thought, right. the production company thought another thing. So it was like, well, let's just show yeah. what, what it you is. You can't really talk tone. You can't, and, and, and it's very hard to see on the page. And then we thought if we can just show them what it is, yeah. then, then you know, hopefully it'll just be easier for them to, to because really, like, although I am critical of the develop, development thing, what essentially you're asking for is please give me millions of idea, uh, of dollars yeah. to realize my idea. Yeah. Um, even a low-budget show, at the end of the day, they will be spending a lot of money yeah. on you. So, you know, it is up to you to have proof of concept mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and this seemed to be a more expedient way to do it. Yeah. And um, was it a quick? Was it a quick yes or no? It was pretty quick. It's been, um, yeah, it's been really fast. Like once we made, I think we, we made the, shot the demo in May... We had it all done. I think maybe we started shopping it around in June. We always knew we wanted to be with CBC. Yeah. That was our that was our yeah. goal. It we seems had... like a really good fit there. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. seems right. And you know what? I, I, I am proud to be on the network. I think CBC is great. Like, I grew up with it. Mm, it's course, so iconic. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's, uh, of the networks, it's the one that's really telling Canadian yep. stories. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, um, yeah, so we pitched to the CBC and uh, had a great meeting with them. And I think maybe the next day they told us that they wow. were going to pick us up. Yeah, and then I think then there was a little bit of a lag. Like, I think that was the beginning of summer. Wait, did you pitch it with your demo? Like, yeah, we showed them the demo. Oh, okay. You didn't go in before and be like, we have this idea, and then follow no, up. No, no, no. We came in like, we have a meeting. Here's our demo. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then I think maybe by the end of... The summer they gave us, they sort of were like, we're going to give you a little bit more money yep. to make another one. Um, and we'll look at the, the one that you've made, which was about, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes long, and another 12 minute, and we'll look at that together, and that will be the pilot. Okay. We'll consider it as pilot. Okay. So we, uh, yeah, in the fall, we shot part two. And, and what, they both had a couple of sketches? Yeah, I think we did maybe four or five sketches in the first one and wow. the same in, in the second one. And again, you know, did it with for very little money, and then they looked at both of those together, and then I think they greenlit us in March of the following year, and then we went into, yeah, yeah. We went into And then, like, your head must have spun. Yeah, it was amazing. Right? Because you just suddenly went, like, it's careful what you ask for, right? Because yeah. you start to work, and you had to work, like, you've been working solidly since then. Yeah, no, but it's great. Like, but yeah. I mean, I, like, I think what was what's really good is that because I had that long time mm -hmm. of not much employment, that I did, I was like, okay, if I am lucky enough to be in a room again, if I'm lucky enough to get another job, I really looked at, like, okay, what did I do well, and what did I not do so right. well, and what can I do better? And uh, something that, that was important to me and that I had talked to, uh, with with Carolyn and and with Aurora and with Meredith, was that, you know, how can we make this job a pleasure? Like TV, it's just hard. It's yeah. hard. Every, you're gonna have shit days, but can we just make it so that the, we have more better days than we have difficult? Because yeah. you've all done your TV time. We have like, done TV yeah. time, but you know, like from working on shows, like some sets are really lovely, and some sets you're like, ooh, yeah. So what did you, you decide? We decided we like we were just going to try and take the best of all the things that we yeah. uh, like all the good sets and what how people did it and try and bring that together to make it a nice working experience yeah. for people. Like what specifically do you have mm. like rules in the writers room? Do you have rules in the editing room? Uh mostly I think it's mostly in the writing room and and on side. It's just like, you know, thanking people for their work yeah. and and just and just like just simple things like things that. Things like that right? when you give notes don't make it personal. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think it's just, it's also too, like, we hired people who were really enthusiastic about the show, which I think also helps, yeah. too. Like, we yeah. hired people who were like, I want to be here. So I think that yeah. helped. Now, who customer. did you hire, then? 
Uh, the now, was it always the four of you as a quartet? Yeah, it was the four of us. And then we hired, the first season we hired Jennifer Goodhue. Yes. The fabulous the Jennifer Goodhue. Yeah. Uh, Monica Heisey. Yeah. Um, uh, Mae Martin came and did some stuff. Serena Jolie's, Dawn Whitwell. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Am I forgetting? I think Duncan McKenzie was in for a bit. Right. Now, were you conscious of having few men? Or was it just something that you went, let's just go for the writers that we want? Uh, no, it was mostly just like uh, we had interviews um, and the women who came in and pitched us were, it was just about like, we talked to a bunch of people, it was like, who is getting the tone of the show? Right. Uh, so it was that, it wasn't really like, it was never a, like, we're not having men. No. And I think, you know, we will, like, we in our second season, we, we had Alex Tyndall um, in for a bit and I think for sure we would do that. Yeah. Uh, it's and not a male directors. It's not like, yeah, it's not, it's not a no man thing. It was just, it was just more about like, it's the first season. It's really important that the tone is on point. Cause once yeah. you have the first season established, then it's easier for writers to come and go, Oh, I see what it is. Yes, absolutely. So it was just, it was about, it was about tone and enthusiasm. I remember hearing that Carolyn, um, had an interview with somebody and said, what do you think you're bringing to the room as a yeah. male? Did, did you hear the story? And then mm. just, like cracked up laughing. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that was Carolyn and I. Oh my god, we yeah. feel so bad. Okay, so we won't name the writer, but so as a female writer, it had happened to both of yeah, us. Yeah, it happens all the time. Many right? times that you What's get it like being a woman writer. You're or like, really? yeah, or the, the interview question is, is is phrased in some way, phrased in various ways. But the intention is, um, uh, we need a woman writer. We hear you're funny for a woman. What womany things can you bring? Because you're about the womany. The womany things. Yeah, just yeah. you're bringing the womaniness, and yeah. so can you just woman it up? Yeah, I love it. And it's like, yes, I can represent half the planet right. as my one person. Yes. All of our diverse points of view. Here I go. Yeah. Um, so uh, we were interviewing this this male writer who's quite talented, and it just was sort of not really going to work because we were like, how do you feel about we're very collaborative and it's like, of course, go off and write your own thing. But you know, how do you like, he was like, no, no, I gotta, I gotta go away and I don't really want to. And I, am like, can I have an office where I'm by myself? I was like, we got yeah. five bucks for a writer's room. We're going to, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, going to be yeah. tight. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to have it on coffee too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we kind of ran out of things uh, to ask him and we're just sort of like, well, as a man, what do you think you can bring to the thing? And as soon as we said it, we're like, oh, we said the thing. And he was just flummoxed. He just was like, right. what are you even asking me? And it was so clear, like, he's never been never. asked the question that's our number one. And after we got off this Skype thing with him, we felt so badly because we were like, oh, no, we did the thing that we hate when it gets done to us. But we had to laugh just because he just looked like, the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we were like, what? That's our number that's one. That's almost a sketch right yeah. there, right? Yeah, that's fantastic. so it was pretty funny. So. so now you guys are a quartet, like you've all come, it feels like you were all poised for this too, like yeah. just in your own individual careers. Yeah. Because, you know, you've been working together, I mean, Carolyn and Aurora were on yeah. main stage together at Second City. Yeah. Um, but now you're sort of defined as quartet now. Yes. How do you find that? Because you've gone from individually, like Jen Whalen, the head writer of, yeah, yeah. of this hour, or Jen Whalen, the writer, Jen yeah. Whalen, the pr producer and performer. But now you're... Baroness. Oh, no, I love it. I feel like I'm part of a kick-ass band. Right. Like, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I have to say, yeah. you know, even back to Second City days, when I was in the tour co, always felt bad for the stand-ups. Because it was like, yeah. I tour with a group. So there's always someone who wants to have a coffee. He'll go have a drink with you. He'll go be like, let's go look at the weird tourist attraction in this love small it. town. And I always felt bad for them because it's like, well, you have to find some people. So, no, I like it. And I love the energy of it. I love the creativity of it. And, like, 
they raise my game and kick my ass like you know, Meredith is amazing. She's a very gifted physical comedian and verbal comedian. She brings a, a huge amount to the table. Aurora takes my breath away. We have, um, I don't want to spoil it, but in the second season, there's a sketch where she's, she is strangling me. And um, as she was strangling me, I was like, I'm like, I had to remind myself to stay in the scene because like, wow, you're a really good actor. Yeah, she's really good. Holy yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. And they're like, oh, no, Beans, you know, oh, that's great. Um, so uh, yeah. she's amazing. Um, and, of course, Carolyn is a powerhouse, yeah. like, you know, and so amazingly talented, all of them. So it's, it's like you all bring together, like, a strong base, and then you're all individual little bits, which is such a great... Um, detail-oriented thing. For, yeah, you know, yeah, and it's really fun. Great. It's always like oh, it's fun. To, I just love seeing what people are gonna do. So it's really yeah. it's it's like the dream job. I didn't know that I wanted. Yeah, because you haven't been performing before. No, like you've done like, <laughs> right. So how is that transition? Well, it's interesting. You're still transitioning. <laughs> I'm still transitioning. <laughs> um, it was interesting. Yeah. The first thing was interesting. The first thing was that. In my mind, I thought I could still pass for 39, and then you see yourself on screen, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, you're in your 40s. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, probably right. stick your chin down and out a bit, because there's a that, thing though? happening. When you yeah. start to realize how you have to hold your oh, head. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, there's just angles that are not great. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a big learning curve, because, yeah, like, I hadn't been pursuing on screen for a while. I mean, I still improvised from yeah. time to time, but I didn't, you, did you know, like or, like, on yeah, if people and... asked me to do something, I would, of course, do it, but I wasn't pursuing it, and... Um, and uh, so, yes, it was a learning curve, but it was great. Like, you know, Aurora is amazing. Like, I just learned from what, like, watching Aurora and her saying, okay, so wh which camera and where are they? And like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, direct your performance to the camera. Yeah, that will be a good idea, you know, and... and um, Meredith is always is super prepared. It's like, okay, okay, so prepare yourself. And, right. and you know where the camera is. And, yeah. and, you know, and You're like a hodgepodge of them all. Yeah. What does Carolyn bring into the... Oh yeah, hodgepodge. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, um, yeah. Carolyn, uh, deep focus. I mean, okay. So my thing with Carolyn is, I always want to try and make her laugh. Right. Uh, it's kind of shitty. Yeah. I'm like, can I make you laugh in this scene? So that's good because that for me that helps bring a sense of play and not being too you know yeah too too in your head. So yeah, I was really nervous about the first season because I was like, oh, I haven't done this, and they're really all three of them are really good actors. Um, but well, you hold your own. Oh, I, it doesn't you. feel like you're. Thank you. Yeah, it feels like you guys are at par. It's great. Yeah, and yeah it's really exciting. Well, to watch you know, it. it's funny because you go back to your training and like have all that time of like, oh no, you just have to be truthful, come from mm -hmm. a true place, mm -hmm. and it will be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and learn your angles and which camera is on you. Right. Keep your chin down. Keep your chin down. Um, mm -hmm. Now with the with the success of like the Canadian Screen Awards too, yeah. like how did that all sink in? Because it's just happened. I know it's just like Wednesday that it happened. Yeah, it it, it hasn't. Uh, Aurora's really making me laugh because she was she was saying, oh, that the the CSA award should just have a little thing where you touch on the on the top of its head and it just whispers validation. Validation. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It was great. I mean, it's like it's your it's your peers saying that they like your work. Right. And could there be any higher compliment? No. Like yeah. it was we were all really moved and excited and yeah. thrilled um, and thrilled by it. Like it's just been a really amazing whirlwind dream because, you know, you've been in the business long enough that, you know, like this doesn't happen. Right. No, this doesn't you guys happen every day. You know, it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think all of us have been like, well, this is just enjoy all of this. Yeah. We can. And, um, you know, and people being so supportive and great about the show. I mean, yeah. you know, comedians can be a little competitive. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, so just people are like super the, the generosity yeah, of of our of our group has been amazing, and like the talent pool here is su it's seriously amazing. deep. Yeah, you know it's yeah. been amazing being able to use a lot of people in the show, and just yeah. and I think that, you know, in, in Toronto, like 
there's such a it's so segregated like it's like oh you did second city so you're going to do commercials and so many of those people are amazing actors yep. but they don't get to do it's hard for them to break out of the thing yeah 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 um but we realized as the show went on that no we really rely on our second city peeps because traditional actors are amazing but sometimes you just need that person improvisers have this skill that they can be in a scene and they can just add a little something that makes it sing without taking anything away. Like, they know how to be like, oh, I can just take this little moment, which is going to yes-and it. Yeah. But it's not going to... Like, obviously, I know it's not about me or whatever, and, and I love watching that. I love watching people come and bring I do, bring too. I love, like, an actor-improviser. Yeah. I find them so captivating. Yeah. Is there anything that um, you learned from season one that you want to do more or less of for season two? Um, I feel like, yeah, like, I think... Season one was really, really fun. I think in season two, I learned to just, like, just be playful. Yeah. And I felt... How do you do that, though? Sometimes people are like, oh, just be playful. And it just yeah. makes me get into, so into my head that all I can see is, like, right. the word playful in, like, rock letters. You know? It's <laughs> the least playful thing. Well, I think with my writing experience, one thing that I learned from Second City was amazing because the great thing about it is because it's a weekly show... Mm -hmm you learn from your mistakes very quickly. It's not like most shows you write something and then you wait six months a year to find out it's shit. Um, at, at 22 minutes, you find out you wrote it on a, you know, a Friday, you find out on Monday, you suck. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, I found that uh, sometimes I would, I would have a, I'd be writing a sketch and I'd be like, this is genius. I have summed up this political situation in a way I am a great and golden god. Right. And then you get to the read through and they would be a sentence in and you could just tell the thing was a turkey. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, we know. We like all we all thought of that too. Yeah. And we're like, oh. And so, you know, you have to you have a quota of sketches you have to submit. I think it's five and and it would be the thing that I only had five minutes left that I was like, oh, this fart joke that I just, I was so embarrassed to write. I'm just going to write this thing. And, and the thing that I had no judgment about would be the thing that people were like, oh, that was amazing. Yeah. So, uh, I've just learned to to trust it, like to just be like, not everything's gonna work. There's a lot of ways that can fall. Something can be brilliant on the page, and then you shoot it, and there's a technical problem that we just can't overcome, right? Yeah. Or, um, uh, or or this th or the thing on the page, you're like, it's meh. But yeah. then somehow, when you get it in front of the camera, you're like, oh, actually, yeah, it's fun. So it's easy to be full of doubt in comedy. Yeah. And that's like the worst thing, like that little thing in your ear that goes, I don't think that's funny. Yeah. It's and we worst. have a very supportive room. You do. Like, like I can imagine pitching in your room would be a delight. Yeah, it's great. So it's like I have pitched things where I'm like, okay, I don't have a beginning, a middle, and end. I just yeah. have this kind of funny thing. And then people go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and we'll help you ground it or we'll help you or be like, oh, have you thought about this or have you thought about that? So, uh, and then the great thing about being part of a quartet is it's not, I, f I find it's easier to be playful because I'm like, it's not riding on me. Right. I don't have to. I'm a. I'm a part of it, but I don't have to carry the whole show. So it's just like, oh, let's just let's be silly and have fun, and, and um, you know, this is an opportunity for us to do what we think is funny. So yeah, just trying to do that. I don't know if that made any sense. No, I do. Okay. I, think, I think being playful is really key, and it's just challenging to to it remind is. yourself of that. Oh my god, and I don't succeed every day. No. You know, you have days where it's really hard, but. Um, uh, by the time we get to set, I just try and like, you know, and sometimes I, uh, like, especially with Mer Meredith and I will just, before the cameras roll, we'll just start improvising in the character. Oh, yeah. All, all four of us, we really enjoy making up weird backstories for the for the characters. Yeah. So often while we're waiting for things, it's like, okay, so this is where I see, you know. Yeah. And so we have the, the, the story. And, and I do think improvisers are like, they're ready to play. Like, it's sort of like, oh, if somebody's got a twinkle in their eye, then you're like, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Everybody leads in, right? Yeah, everyone yeah, leads yeah. in. I want to so. be part of that, whatever's yeah, yeah. going on. Okay, okay. How can I? Yeah. Yeah.
Have you had like big notes from network? Like, do you have to battle network stuff a lot? They're horrible. No, no. they aren't at all. Uh, no, no they, good. They, they've been pretty good. Like they, you know, we don't always agree on everything, but uh, they're really good. Like yeah. their notes are like, uh, they're never like, sometimes you get network notes and I have to like, you know, flip the table, walk away for half an hour and calm down and then I can come back. Flip the table? Jen Whalen, you flip tables? I mind flipping the table. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't That's actually right. want to clean up the mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, you know, you get enraged and you're like, okay. And then you have to think, and like a lot of times in network notes, sometimes you have to think about, okay, like, I disagree with this note so fundamentally, but there must be a reason. Right. And I learned that from um, Gavin's uh, partner, Kyle Tingley, who's really, he's an amazing showrunner, very talented writer. And uh, one thing I learned from him was, I learned many things from him, but one thing I learned was, you know, if they're giving you a note, just try and think about, even if you disagree, like, what's at the bottom of it? Like, try and hear what it is. Uh, But I find with CBC that there's, I I really haven't had to do that. Like, what are you trying to say to me? It's like, oh, I see, yeah, like, uh, their notes are great. There are not very many of them. And when they come, it's like, yes, I see your point. I see what you're, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes I don't agree, but mostly I do. Have you won any battles like that you're really victorious about? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> um, we had so red wine ladies yes. was something that we did in our demo, and um, we really wanted to to do that. Not that the CBC was against it necessarily, but they were. I think they were maybe a little bit unsure. Yeah. And but we really felt like this is going to resonate with women. This is what women do. We drink red wine, and we don't look pretty like and right. for me it, the, the genesis of that started with them uh waitering and seeing these like uh, well at that time I was in my 20s and women who are our age now you know they come in they're like beautiful yeah. and they have the like, power suits on yeah. they get the bottle of wine <laughs> yeah. and they'd have, go through a couple by the end they're kind of like sweaty yeah. and gray teeth and stuff like that but they'd had a fantastic time because it was there you know women, women do this thing oh yeah yeah they're like and, yeah. you know the big update on your life they're like and everybody gets validated and everyone yeah. gets a load off their chest they probably go home and have sex because yeah. they're like yes I, <laughs> right. I got it you know, or whatever, but they, um, uh, women love to connect like that. And so, uh, we felt like we're speaking to something that's really true for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And also it's really just fun to get yeah. drunk and, yeah, right. well, I mean, we don't actually get drunk, but we drink a lot of, like, it's juice, right? Right. We're drinking, so <laughs> the sugar, you feel drunk right by the end. Right, you do, for sure. Yeah. Get it oh. kicked. Um, is there any, what are the sketches that have resonated the most? Have there been ones that you mm. thought were like, oh, those are okay, but then the public have been like, whoa. Oh, I love that sketch. Um, uh, yeah, I, well, I, I will say, like, um, book club, I always liked the sketch. Yeah. I thought there was, like, really clever writing in it. But what happened was we were pressed that day, and we only had 15 minutes to shoot that sketch. Oh, my God. So it, it, there was no time to fart around or anything like that. And we were like, no, no, we're going to get it. So that one was a really nice surprise because, you know, you do it in 15 minutes, and you think, okay, we we got it. But then when it came together, it was like, oh, this really, really works. And um, that was just one of those things of like, the only thing that's improvised in that, I think, is the mm-hmms. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a really like, okay, we'll just lock in. Yeah. We got to get this and we're going to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So next season, what do you feel like? What's your goals for next season? If the season was such a success, oh. where do you go? Uh, hopefully to yes and it. Like hopefully yeah. we just do more of what people responded to and liked. Um, I think there's a lot of funny stuff. Uh, we have some ambitious sketches this season um, that, um, you know, we, we, we tried to do like in, in our mix of things to try and do, uh, like last year we did Mars One, yeah. you know, a spaceship. So we try and do like some sort of like big. bigger, crazier yeah, things and then, it. you know, the smaller slice of life one. So we have some big, 
great set pieces that are a lot of fun. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just it's a little bit like, oh my god, this baby that we've been working on. Well, how do yeah, we and just see what people think. Yeah. I hope it resonates with and people. Are you like full time Baroness? Because like I know you're writing a, a feature, right? Like mm. Barbados. What's it called? Barbados Bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that well, like that's forefront? we're in, we're like uh, no because it's written right. Yeah. So now we're doing the eternal struggle of like let's get financing right so um, you're spinning that plate but slowly yeah and because yeah. you know that's kind of how it goes like one one pot's on the front burner another one's in the back and then they switch up and yeah. stuff and like that burns and you're scrubbing it and yeah. then you're like soaking the other one and soaking yeah, the other I'm one and cook but yeah i get the yeah, idea yeah yeah <laughs> so uh yeah so i'm pretty much full-time baroness but you know you it's like one of those things of like I can't, it's like when people are like, hey, what's next? It's like, why haven't I done enough? Right, I but at the same time, like the reality of it is, is like, yes, I do have a few projects that I'm working on right yeah. now or starting to get, because you know it won't last forever. So you, you need to have some things that yeah. you've brought along yeah. that, so that you, you're ready for the next thing to, to come. But yes, it has been it. pretty much a full-time job. Yeah. Year. Well, it's such a pleasure to um, see the four of you. Like your chemistry is just amazing. And it's the only kind of, the only... Like, you guys are such good friends before this show. Yes, That yes. there's, like, that chemistry is so innate. It's such a delight. It's... Yeah, and I think that it's super important because I feel yes. like, too, it's very rare to see a true female friendship on screen. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. like, we all really like each other. Yeah, that's totally And it. I think that yeah. comes apart. And then I was realizing, too, is, like, I don't think any of our characters have low self-esteem. Like, I think all of the women like each other. Yeah. Or, like, themselves, I should say. Yeah, I um, think so. And if they even start off, I'm trying to think that poll... The pole one, oh, the only yes, one that yeah, has clinical. like an insecurity, maybe, but yeah. then they like they get victorious about it. So. Yeah. Um, cool. One of the things I do when I'm wrapping these up is I talk about um, things that inspire you to see. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Um, thinking about like uh, any music that's inspiring you right now. Oh, I'm really into Solange Knowles. Okay. Yeah. So I listen to that a lot. Um, it's inspiring me. I've actually gotten back into vinyl in a huge way. Yeah. I used to. Is that um, from Carolyn? Because she's a DJ. No, no. <laughs> I uh, one of my first jobs was in a record store. Is that right? Yeah, I worked in Sam the Record Man. Oh my one. gosh, that's yeah. amazing. And I had and so anyway, at one point I got rid of all my vinyl, which was insane. And uh, my husband's super into music too, and had a collection so now we both have like <laughs> the sad remnants of the things of our, our collection which we've brought together and now we're working on filling the holes and I realized like uh, that I lost a part of myself with vinyl like I like going yeah. to a record store and flipping through the stacks and this just like feeling? I love yeah. it I love it I love the nerdiness and stuff I, I really find it funny like I was in a record store and, and one of the things was I love the Smiths so I was like I'm getting all my Smiths album again god damn it yeah so I was buying them of course, like some other middle-aged guys, like, oh, you know, this is a really good album. And this is like, I'm like, dude, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> don't tell me something I don't know. I'm like, yeah. I know. But at the same time, I was like, are you flirting with me? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll take that. I'll take the But flirt. like also flirting me th- with me through the Smiths. Like yeah, the most depressing music ever. Like, hey, want to get depressed together, baby? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. sexy. Oh, well, we saw uh, Johnny Marr came to town, I guess, two years ago. And uh, he was promoting an album, which was fantastic. But he did a lot of the Smiths um, oh, songs. Wow. And uh, when he did How Soon Is Now, like that guitar just vibrating. Yeah. Like it was, oh. It was I have to so listen. My good. brother used to listen to Smiths, so I have okay. to listen to that again. Yeah, I've, I, I, I uh, um, yes, hurt my brothers with my 
how much I've listened to the Smiths. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay, what about um, podcasts that are inspiring you? Do you listen to podcasts? I do listen to podcasts. And I'm still like, if you've got a good recommendation, uh, I really love screenwriter podcasts. Okay. When, when people talk about how yes. they came to write their... And uh, so there was one that I used to listen to that isn't around anymore, so I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm not listening to that. Okay, so right now, I've gone down this super nerdy, weird hole where I'm like listening to this podcast right now called The Unexplained. Okay. And it's just about like unexplained things so the I just started dipping my toe into it the first one was about this woman who died I think in 1920 okay and she was trying to uh talk to people on a different plane right so she goes to this small place I think on the Isle of Skye anyway it's a famous murder because she's she went for a walk and never came back and they found her body naked except for a cape and her feet are all scraped up and there's a cross like you know uh carved into the 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 sod with her knife and they're like what? Happy. Yeah. Some people are like, it was a psychic attack. Yeah. All of her silver jewelry turned black overnight, you know, and it's yeah. like, I don't know. So I've been doing, I've been listening to those. Wait, does I, it ever get explained in these podcasts? Well, no. No. See, that's the thing. I can't, I need, I need, and this is how it And this ended. is how it happened. Yeah, I need some uh, wrap up. No, and, and closure. On closure. My yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to be super into the history checks. I'm just taking a little break right now. Okay. I haven't, but um, they, uh, if you, if you want to get your foot wet with the history yeah. chicks, their um, podcast on Lizzie Borden, I've listened to a few times. It's really great. Okay, they go great. through the whole Lizzie Borden thing. So if you want the explained, yes, I so do. They go through sleep at night. Yeah, they go through the whole thing. What happened? The theories around it. The theories of what? And then you, but it's it's uh, it's really entertaining. Also, I'm like, I would have killed him too because I didn't realize. Like at first, to start off, he was like the dad was this awful miser. Right. So the day of the murder, they had been eating this mutton stew that had gone oh, so off. So if you end up killing. Somebody, I don't want this to be evidence. No, no, okay, I'm not cool. Yeah. No, no, I'm. Oh, I'll hide yeah. my tracks. Okay. <laughs> I've already thought about it. Uh, but anyway, right, so cool. like, so like the dad uh, is like this awful miser who makes them eat this mutton stew. It's like it's like August, like sweltering hot, and they're eating this mutton stew that's gone off. Right. And it's making them puke. Right. But they got to keep eating it. So yeah. like they're eating this stew, going Puking, out and throwing it out in the backyard, and then eating some more. Oh and my like, god! No wonder he got killed. Yeah. <laughs> No wonder. Well, and then thinking. his house was, the house was super weird. Like he thought hallways were a waste of money. So all the rooms opened in on each other. So there's no privacy. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, there's a whole bunch in this, pod, thing of pod, in this podcast. Oh, I love it. I'm going to look that one up. It's crazy. Um, what about um, any books that you're any inspired books? by these days? Well, I'm super excited because I'm deeply into uh, Philip Pullman's um, uh, Golden Compass trilogy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know it. They um, uh, So they, they tried to make a movie with Nicole Kidman, and it was not very successful. But um, it's this, they're kids' books, but it's like kind of, they're sci-fi, but they're really interesting. They starts in... Um, Oxford in London, and then an Oxford that's in a, in a parallel universe. I guess I'm into parallel universes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, but, but really, but having grown up uh, Catholic, it's really uh, a meditation on what is God and, you know, religion yeah. and the power. Anyway, it's fascinating. They're so good. I've read them a gazillion times. And now he's going to, in um, I think it comes out in the fall, he's releasing... The next series, so the character, the main character, Lyra, she, I think, ends when she's, like, 12 or 13, and now it's going to pick up she's 20, wow. and we're going to find out what's going to happen to her. But they're so good. Like, you don't I, seem like you take a lot of breaks. Uh, like, what do you do when you're lazy? Oh, I play video games. Do you really? I what's kill things. Oh, right now I'm playing, um, I'm playing... Do you and uh, Dave play video games together? No, he doesn't. He doesn't at all, no. and he's just like, you are a nerd. I'm like, yeah, you married a nerd. You married her. You married her. You're stuck with me now. No, I love video games. Um... 
I was just playing The Witcher, which is like the best video game of all time. So good. Right. Uh, so you are a witcher, and your job is that you hunt and kill monsters. <laughs> um, uh, you can sleep I with women the in the thing. logic behind. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you can't sleep hunt. with the men. I've tried. You try and sleep with the men, they tell you to saw it off. So I like that would be my note to the witcher people. Like, right? could I? I want to see some eye candy. Anyway. That's fair. That's fair. But anyway, so it's really good. It has a really good story. It's really satisfying. Yeah. And it's funny because his love interest is named Yennefer. So it's like, Yen, Yen. My husband walks by. He's like, what are you? Are you witchering again? I'm like, yes, I have a little bit of a crush on the witcher and I'm witchering. I <laughs> play all the expansion packs. Yeah. I'm fully there. So now I'm playing uh, Zero Horizon Dawn, which is really fun. Uh, if you're into um, uh, Game of Thrones, the lead character looks sort of like Egret. Um, and so basically what I'm doing is I am far, far in the future and machines have taken over and they're kind of like dinosaurs, um, but they're bad and I have to hunt and kill them. Them, which I do with great glee. Right. No, no. It As absolutely you do. seems As you do. logical to I am me. Most, I'm <laughs> not a violent person in my life, but if you are in a video game, I will kick the shit out of you. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Noted. Um, fantastic. Well, it's such a pleasure to speak with you. It's such a pleasure to speak to you. everything about your brain. It's fantastic. Oh do you have any advice? Do you have any advice for people that want to do a path that's similar to yours? Oh, I would just say, you know, like... If you want to do this, then just keep doing it. You know, if you feel like, oh my God, you know, there's something I'd rather do, do that. Because this is a hard path. But if you're like, no, I want to do this. And just know that there is no roadmap. You can do whatever you like. And I think that there's such a weird thing where people think if you're in the arts that there's the two extremes. There's either you're starving or you're like a Tom Cruise superstar and there's no middle ground. When in fact, there's a large middle ground of people who have careers and work and are based largely middle class, you know, yeah. um, who make a living as artists. So just know that it's possible that you can do it. And if you feel called to do it, then you should do it. Mm -hmm. and, and there's also like, you know, like, uh, you're not always going to get paid for it. You're going to do a lot of unpaid work. So just know that that's part of it and do it for the joy of it. Like, I, it, like, I think, you, you know, after babbling a bit, the, uh, the ultimate thing would be like, would you do this if you didn't get paid for it? Right. And then... And we do. And we do. Yeah. We I'm do. getting paid in cheese. Oh my God, it's good so cheese too. So you're also getting paid in cheese. I hope that's okay. Yeah, uh, it's high in cheese, guys. You can't see take it. Take that but... block of brie and put it in your pocket <laughs> for later. I once saw a guy riding his bike through Kensington Market eating a pizza... No. Size uh, 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 wedge of brie, like it was a slice of pizza. He was just like, ah. yeah. I always wonder what happened. To yeah, him. well, lactose intolerant. Yeah, lactose Maybe intolerant he's not hipster. Well. Uh, a pleasure. I can't wait to see what you do next. I can't wait to second season. I think I'm so happy for your success and Baroness, but also you individually, because I know you've worked hard and oh, it's great you. to see thank your you. talent being recognized. Oh gosh, you're so yeah. sweet. I mean it. Oh, and you gave me wine, too. I know. That's lovely talking to you. I mean, I feel like we live busy lives, so it's very nice yeah. to actually get to spend some time with I you. I tell you, it's a treat. Like, every time I find out who I can get in for an hour to chat, yeah. it's just the best, because it's just like catching up over a glass of Yeah, wine. I'm going to fake having a podcast yeah, yeah. and just oh be like, God. oh, I'm going to do my podcast. Push, push play. No, no, no. <laughs> I nothing. wouldn't be offended at all. I'd yeah. be like, oh, that was great. I know. Yeah. I know. It's a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to stop this stuff. Oh, thank you um, very much. That was so much fun. You did great. And that's Jen Whalen. She's just the best. She's just smart and vibrant and funny. She's just everything in a bag of chips, that lady. And good kind of chips, too. Not those crappy chips you get at Halloween where there's a couple of chips in the package, but those good kind of chips, you know, like the yam ones with the 
the turnip and oh they're so healthy too she's like a healthy bag of chips that Jen Whalen now make sure you go follow her she's on Instagram the Jen Whalen and it's J-E-N-N and then go check out the uh, Twitter feed for her show Baroness Show it's at Baroness Show they're gonna come up with a whole other season of fantastic sketches and they're just some of the funniest people I know I love these ladies I've known them through Second City and I uh I, I'm such a huge fan, so I can't wait to see what they do next, next season. While you're at it, why don't you follow us? Uh, Instagram and Twitter, at Firecracker Department, D-E-P-T. And go check out our past episodes and let me know what you think. We're really trying to build our website into uh, sort of a virtual community. So we're going to start an area to add book ideas and an area to add movie ideas. Maybe an area to add video game ideas after Jen just bursted with inspiration about her love of video games. So uh, make sure you um, tune into that website and uh, add to it and be part of our community. Be part of the department. Because who knows, maybe you're going to get that corner office that you've always wanted. For sure you're going to get a better parking spot. All right, thanks for listening. Go out there and get inspired or be inspiring. And we'll talk to you next week with a whole other firecracker for the firecracker department. Thanks, everybody.